0: here we're going to uh, begin our service tonight with mark chapter 14 and here's how, how it's going to work tonight. we're going to just spend the whole time taking questions in uh, discussion if you have questions then uh, raise your hand and we'll call on you uh, we'll repeat your question to make sure it gets on the front and then we'll just talk about it. All right uh, to start though I'm going to read from chapter, Mark chapter 14 says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, take it. This is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Sunday nights. God, we thank you for another opportunity to look at your word and to uh, consider what you've said to us and consider how we might put that into practice in our lives. And God, I pray tonight uh, that you would help us to think really well about the the Lord's Supper, and uh, to answer answer questions and have a dis- discussion, and 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 leave here tonight. God, and and leave these last uh, three or four weeks that we've been talking about the Lord's Supper with a kind of renewed understanding of what the Lord's Supper is and why we celebrate it, and then it might be even more meaningful to us um, as we take it together here as a as a church body. God, we thank you so much for Jesus, and pray this in His name. Amen. All right. Well, if you have questions, then feel free to raise your hand, and we'll call on you. Um, I've got a list of questions that people turned in over the week that we want to uh, try to get to, also. But we want to prioritize your questions uh, here tonight if you have them. Um, I'll, I'll start off with kind of a uh, kind of a less serious question that we got. Um, so, uh, for anybody, uh, if the Lord's Supper is so important, why does it have to taste so bad? For anyone, any, anyone, any of y'all. <laughs> no thoughts? Oh, man. Everybody's looking this way. I don't know. Well, I'll say this. I think the reason that it tasted so bad for a while is because uh, during COVID, we were trying to do everything we could uh, to be to be wise with how we did things in our worship services, and, and so one thing that we did uh, – was we had that those prepackaged Lord's suppers um, so that we didn't have to pass the plate around and each person, um, you know, we, I guess we did pass the plate or, and we came up and got out of the plate for part of the time, but but that way you weren't touching the bread and, and maybe getting your fingers on other people's and, and stuff like that uh, and for whatever reason that prepackaged stuff just tasted really, really bad. Um, hopefully what we're using now is, is better. Um, so I, I think that the, the interesting thing about the,
1: about that, that, that question is we if we think about uh, why we're doing it, right, and we think about uh, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, what Christ went through on the cross, um, I, I think our momentary affliction at a terrible cracker and uh, some, some juice that tastes a bit off is, uh, is probably uh, the least of our concerns in, in that moment. Uh, but in 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 doing uh the prepackaged stuff I agree with you that that stuff uh was not the best I'm glad we're not mentioning product names but that stuff was not uh good tasting and uh I'm certainly glad that we have switched back to something that that has a better taste to it Uh, I certainly hope that it's not off-putting but again I think if we're considering what we're doing and what we're Uh, memorializing as we take the juice and take the cup we realize that um, that's sort of a first-world church problem for us to endure some sour juice in a in a stale cracker as we remember what Christ suffered on the cross
0: okay uh, a little bit more serious question maybe this will be a good question for uh, for you Josh or for Matt Um, we had the we had that baptism this morning in, in the morning service if you were here um, and we talked some uh, last week about who should uh, take part in the Lord's Supper, and one of the requirements was uh, that it be a believer, and that the believer be baptized. And so, uh, one of y'all want to talk about kind of the the qualifications for baptism? How we, whenever whenever someone comes and says they want to be baptized, um, how do we talk that through with an adult or with a kid, um, and decide whether we think that person's ready to be baptized or not, and then. Um, how that relates to the same kind of qualifications, whether someone's ready or not to participate in the Lord's Supper.
1: So just so that we we understand, uh, I think, our process on talking with people about uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what it means to have heard the gospel, to have believed the gospel, and for God to have done a work in the life and the heart of that uh, that person to to save them, Uh, We generally don't do that as a one-way approach it. So if a child comes to me and says, uh, Mr. Matt, I want to get baptized, my response is awesome. Let's talk about why we get baptized, right? So we're talking to them about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what it means to believe and understand uh, what Christ has done for us. We discuss the gospel with them. Uh, We discuss it with their parents. Every time that we do that, if it's Josh or, or Jake or, or Josh or me, whoever's having that first conversation, we will have a follow-on conversation with one of the other elders. So it's not just one of us making that that dis, you know that discussion, and then uh, you know that's the end of it. Normally, Josh will email me if he's had a conversation. and this happens a lot, uh, where he will email me and say, "Hey, I had a great conversation with." Uh, This young person uh, and their family would like for you to follow up and talk with them. So we we will do that as a check on uh, their belief. Are they believing? Uh, We don't want to discourage anyone from following. So when you hear me say that, don't think that we're trying to discourage. But we're trying to discern as people who cannot see the hearts of an individual. We're trying to discern has God saved them, Right. And as we uh, become confident in our discussions with them and, and discussions with the parents, especially for, for younger, younger kids, um, there is no barrier, no reason for us to tell them that they should not uh, be baptized, right? There's no reason for them not to do that. But we also wanna make sure that we're being good stewards. And so that's the reason for the, for the conversation. Once we get to the point where we are confident that a person or child is a child uh, is a believer, they have understood the gospel and they are believing it, um, then they would be, be baptized. Uh, and so that, that move towards baptism uh, and, and, and baptizing of, of that child or that person follows kind of a, a discussion with them about what it is they're believing. Again, when we have baptism like we had this morning, Josiah and I have had more than one conversation uh, about confident that he have talked to him multiple times i know josh has spoken with him uh, we are confident that he is believing in the lord jesus christ uh we don't we don't want to uh, encourage people to uh just be baptized and then don't worry about the other stuff no we want to do what we are told to do in scripture which is to, to 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 see them baptized and then to continue teaching them all of these things right to see them grow in the knowledge of jesus christ So as we come back to the topic of the Lord's Supper, we have tried to do our very best as as pastors to steward uh, the people who are coming to us, talking about salvation, talking about following the Lord in in Believer's Baptism, we're we're doing our due diligence to have conversations with them and we are confident uh, once they're baptized that they are believers. Following that, we would after baptism, we would believe that they would be prepared and ready to receive the Lord's Supper. So when you see a young person being uh, being baptized here, understand that we have had lots of discussions. We've talked to their parents. We are confident that they're a believer, right? And then as they're baptized, we would have no issues with them then receiving the Lord's Supper because we have already— um, spoke with them had multiple conversations and we are confident that they're believing or we wouldn't have said yes absolutely let's let's move forward with baptism i don't don't
2: know if you want to add to that or add some some color around it but my first thought is that you're a really good children's pastor and that our church should be very thankful for somebody like matt mcbroom leading uh, all of our children and i mean that um Lots of thoughts around that. One, you see if you're if a church is going to do the see a baptism, we have to finally say, okay, we'll baptize you. You know, people ask and ask and ask and finally say, okay, but the Lord's Supper isn't exactly like that. We're just gonna pass the plate and it's it's ultimately on them then. But through relationship and discipleship, hopefully we're talking to people like that. There were people here, we didn't take the Lord's Supper today, but there are people here today that know that they should not be taking in the Lord's Supper because we have talked to them about that. All right. That becomes really important in in the home. And I hope that any of you all that have children are already doing that. If you bring grandchildren to church with you, that you're communicating that, okay? When the Lord's Supper comes, all right, you're not going to take this because you're not trusting in Christ yet, right? And that that sort of a thing. Um, so all of that comes down to this is a real and I want to use the word and I hope that this comes out by the time we conclude tonight a lot that Perhaps the, 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 the most serious emphasis that I, I want us to make tonight is that this is a serious discussion. And because it comes across a lot as tradition or just something that we do, or you can go to any church any given Sunday and just take it, that weightiness can be lost. And we need to make sure, I mean, it is as big as the Lord Jesus Christ saying, Do this in remembrance of me dying on the cross for you. That's a pretty weighty thing. And so with anybody, before they get baptized, let's make sure they understand how big of a deal this is. And before they take the Lord's Supper, let's make sure they understand. Now, again, that's not going to happen right there in the pew as it's being passed out. But let's make sure that somebody has talked to them and discipled them and cared about them enough to make sure they're knowing this is a really, really big deal.
0: Well, and that's why one thing we said last week was we're asking who can serve the Lord's Supper. It's important for the person that's uh, kind of leading that part of the service to be able to, first of all, understand what the Lord's Supper is and, and, and why we celebrate it, and then be able to, to explain that in a, in a kind of short, compact way in a few minutes as we're observing the Lord's Supper and, and give those warnings about why, why you should or should not participate. Uh, do you guys have any questions? We've got more questions written down, but I want to give you all opportunities. Drew? So why do we not do it right, A great question. If, uh, if, if the Lord's Supper is so important, why do we not observe the Lord's Supper here every week? And we talked we talked last week about how some uh, in, in some churches, they do have the Lord's Supper every week. In other churches, once a quarter, once a month. Uh, we normally do it once a month. That's an advancement from what we used to do was once a quarter back uh, a few years ago. Do um, you guys have thoughts on, on that? Why do we not have the Lord's Supper every week? I don't
2: necessarily think how frequently you do it determines how important it is. That's the first half of the answer. Um, it's a big discussion, but I don't think the Bible says you have to do it every week. I don't think it prescribes that to us. I think you could say that it maybe seems that way in the book of Acts, that when the church gathers, they do it, but not just a a direct thing. Um, It does say when you do it or when you come together or as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, It is worded like that. Um, So then it becomes we ought to be doing it. We ought to be doing it regularly, frequently. It ought not to be forgotten, skipped over, missed. And Josh Womble gave the example last week that he remembers early on here we took it every quarter and then one day it rained and we canceled and one day he missed and next thing you know it had been nine months and he'd never even seen or heard of the Lord's Supper in our church. That's clearly not enough to be having any substance to it. Uh, Now we do it every month. Um, Yeah, so I don't think it... I don't think it makes it less important, and I think the answer is that w- we need to do it a lot, and so if, you're one of, if you want to ask another question, say, can we do it more? <laughs> we're open for that discussion, too, but I, I think all four of us would say we're up for doing it a lot more. A lot of times, it just becomes kind of practically,
0: yeah. Jake, anything?
2: Right. Right, right, for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I would. I mean, we don't have to right now see a show of hands, but uh, I would love to hear. We, we've never done that before. I would love to hear from our congregation in large, you know, bulletin insert next Sunday when we've got, you know, all the people here and say, hey, do you wish we took it more often? Mm-hmm. You know, and if everybody was like, yes, I've been wanting for that, then we would probably go, okay, we need to be taking it more often, yeah.
0: You know, a lot of, a lot of what we're, a lot of this whole discussion surrounds what does the Bible say uh, in, in a lot of these questions that are going to come up later that are even written down here and some that you all may ask, does the Bible give a hard and fast rule versus what's the wisest thing to do based on the principles that are in the Bible? And, and like you mentioned, there is no prescription, you must take the Lord's Supper every week. There is that passage in Acts, I think it's in Acts chapter 20 maybe when Paul's in Ephesus and it says that, uh, that the church gathered on the first day of the week for the breaking of bread um, but it, but even that doesn't say that they gathered, they gathered every first day of the week for the breaking of bread, it just the day, that the, the week that he was in town, they gathered on the first day of the week for the breaking of bread. Um, and maybe they did every week. Uh, we don't know in, in earlier in Acts in chapter two, it seems like, uh, it seems like maybe they were observing the Lord's supper every day. Uh, and, and, and so there's no, like I said, there's no like right rule. There's no prescription of, of this is what you must do. But we try to take the principles that are that are in the Bible and try to apply them as best we can. Um, uh, but like Josh said, I think we would all be fine with taking it more. I've, I've been in a uh, part of a Baptist church before where we had the Lord's Supper every week at the end of the service. It was kind of like, that was kind of like the invitation, the Lord's Supper. And it was kind of a way of saying that, you know, yes, we're agreeing with, with the message, the gospel that's been preached here today, and we're in this together and that kind of thing. Um, uh, but there's no hard and fast rule, you must do it this many times or this often or, or whatever. Ms. Jenny? Um, I was just thinking, if we did it every week, would it be something that we just did it as original? Maybe we wouldn't think about what it really means. Yeah. And I've got another Okay, well, let's, ask, let's, let's answer that question first. So, so that question is, if we, if we did have the Lord's Supper every week, would it become uh, would, would it become kind of a just kind of a ritual that we did and, and it would kind of lose its meaning
2: well the, the 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 way that I answered that who can get baptized along with the kids question th- that that's what I'm thinking needs to be emphasized this whole hour tonight uh, shame on church leaders, shame on church people if Anything we do in the name of Jesus is just ritual. If you sat in a pew today just because that's what you do on Sundays, then we're wrong. I mean, it's, it's more serious than that. And um, so if we start doing it more regularly, certainly we need to guard against that, but we also had to guard against being bored here today or looking at our phone today. You know, like you've got to take this serious. Everything in hev- under heaven in the name of the Lord Jesus, needs to be taken seriously. The Bible is serious. Uh, it's, it's, so there's, that's one answer to that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me that people bring that that question up a lot, or that kind of objection to having the Lord's Supper every week a lot. But it's interesting to me that nobody says that about preaching. Nobody says if we preach every week, then it's gonna lose its meaning. Nobody says if we sing every week, it's gonna lose its meaning. Um, and, and just from my own experience, from being in a, in a church, in a Baptist church, where we had the Lord's Supper every week, uh, that was not at all the case. In fact, in some ways, it maybe had was more meaningful or more significant um, than just than just having it, uh, especially when we, especially the way that the church did it there, where it, where it was kind of a, it flowed naturally out of the, out of the sermon in, into that part of the service, where sometimes I think when we when we have the Lord's Supper once a quarter or, w- or even once a month, it can feel like something that's just tacked on to the end of the service that's not that doesn't clock relate to the rest of the service, it's just something extra we're doing at the very end while we're all looking at the clock, you know, uh, hoping it doesn't take too long so that we can get out and get something for lunch or whatever. But do you have another question too? Yes, kind of the same thing Josh has been getting at that It's, it, it's yeah.
2: a good thing it's not sweet tea, Miss Jetty. <laughs> I would have had a big a big one.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, okay. in that passage in First in Corinthians uh, 10 and 11 that we've been reading a lot over the last few weeks, that's one of Paul's critiques of the church in Corinth is that when they gather for the Lord's Supper, they're doing it, they, 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 it seems like they would have the Lord's Supper as part of a part of a larger meal. Um, and, 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 and one of his critiques is that it seems like that meal has become kind of an excess, where the people that are really wealthy bring a lot of food and a lot of wine, and they uh, kind of gorge themselves on food and even get drunk on wine in, in the church service, um, and while the poor people don't have as much to eat and don't have, uh, don't have that, and, and that's one of Paul's critiques is that it shouldn't be this big excessive thing um, where, where it, again, it loses the, the meaning and purpose of it. Yeah. Uh, did somebody else have their hand up? Um, it, Paul does say two times
2: in 1 Corinthians 11, as often as you do this, as often as you drink this. Mm-hmm. So interpret that how you will, but it's, it's not saying every Sunday, every worship service. It is saying when you do it, do it. It certainly could mean every Sunday.
0: I'm not saying it doesn't could, But it says as often as you drink it yeah. uh, while you all are thinking of other questions, somebody has their hand up right now uh, there's, a, there's kind of a big question that, that we got this week, um, and it, it's, it's kind of a kind of a three part question, um, and they all kind of relate to each other, and it, and it goes to something we, we discussed some last week so so the first part of the question is kind of just kind of more general, and then, then there are a couple more specific questions that, that relate to it so first of all um, should we celebrate the Lord's Supper among subgroups of the church? So for example, our, should, what, is it okay for our youth group to have the Lord's Supper as a youth group? Uh, perhaps at youth camp or, or at, a, at a youth retreat or something like that. Is it okay for our women's ministry to, ha- to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper together as part of a women's ministry event separate from the rest of the church? Is it okay for the men's ministry to have the Lord's Supper as part of a men's ministry event? Um, and even a little bit more extreme than those things, even like, a, would it be okay for a Sunday school class to get together and have the Lord's Supper together as a as a Sunday school class or something like that? What do, what do y'all think about that?
3: Uh, so I think there's a lot of variance on this one, um, and I don't, I don't think any one answer is right and any one answer is wrong. Uh, I think Womble has even made it pretty clear uh, over the last couple of weeks that Uh, The Bible does not give clear guidelines or specific guidelines on when it should be taken and when it should not be taken, what what groups need to be present, what groups uh, should be or shouldn't be, all of that. And so I think there's flexibility on this uh, from the Bible's perspective. Um, For me personally, um, I hesitate to say that it should be done at like a youth camp or or. Um, a men's retreat or something like that, I I would probably err on the side of not doing it in a situation like that. Um, But another situation that I don't even know if you mentioned uh, was like taking the Lord's Supper to Uh, shut-ins. I know...
0: That's the next question.
3: Okay. All right. I'll wait on that. Um, And and again, so the reason that I I pause and say that I, I don't know if I would do it in those situations is not... Uh, I, don't, I don't have a verse that I can point to and say, well, I think this is the reason why I wouldn't. Uh, I just would default to, I'd rather it be the whole church taking it together. Uh, all of us together being reminded that Jesus died for us, that this is his body broken for us, his blood shed for us. Uh, and I'm not saying that if it's done in a smaller setting that it takes away from that meaning by any means, uh, but maybe it's part of just you know, churches I've grown up in, or, or things like that. But I would default to saying, uh, let's hold off on those situations and just take it together as a congregation.
0: Uh, and so, then, more a little bit more specific. What about taking the Lord's Supper to shut-ins or to nursing homes, or kind of the same question, but even a little bit more specific? I'll so. continue.
3: Uh, so i was going to say about that this is where i feel like my logic on the other one kind of contradicts because i think i'm a little more open to taking it to shut-ins um and and taking it with them now i personally have not done that i don't know if, if any of you all have uh but i could I think I could be persuaded that that's okay and acceptable, uh, that it's essentially the church going to that person who's unable to be in attendance with the rest of the congregation uh, and partaking of the Lord's Supper there. Um, But again, I could probably be persuaded the other way and say, well, no, maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, So again, I don't think the Bible is clear on saying one is right and one is wrong. I think there's flexibility in there. Uh, But that's kind of my thoughts. I don't know what you all think.
1: Um, I, I think if we just stick with what Scripture says, I, I think the ideal situation. Because in Paul's writing here in Corinthians, he's talking about divisions in the church. He's talking about there being factions, or this person is aligned with this. I'm with her, this person is aligned with this pastor, uh, Paul and Apollos, or um, you know I'm with this particular group of people. And and the, the desire is for there to be unity in the church. And so as I read Scripture without commenting on anything that's outside of, uh, obviously, what scripture says here, I think the desire or the idea is that the church would be united and together. The church is not the building, the church is the people, right? And so, as we gather for worship, I think it is right and proper for us to do the Lord's Supper in that environment because that's what scripture says it says that they were gathered together right so we don't gather today for a feast right uh womble has mentioned that in this particular point in time uh, in the in the early church that they were actually gathering for a meal and then subsequent to that meal they would have the lord's supper Um, the lord's supper uh, was instituted by christ as at an at an observance of Passover, right? Passover was a yearly feast. They would have a meal, and then at the end of that meal is when Christ takes the bread and the cup, and he changes and creates a new covenant, a new covenant in his blood and a new covenant with the, the, the bread and, and the uh, the juice. So I think in, in Scripture, and I don't just think, I know because I read in Scripture, the, the, the gathering of the church united um, and not the church universal so we're not gathering with all of the other churches to take it we're gathering here as the body of believers uh to observe the lord's supper together as often as we do that we are to do that remembering christ's death his resurrection and ultimately looking forward to his return now what do we do when we have smaller groups? Well, I think, this is, this is a Matt McBroom opinion, I'm not getting this directly from, from God's word, but this is my feeling and my belief based upon what God has said for us to receive it. If the reason that we're doing the Lord's Supper with a group is because we're doing a Bible study or a teaching on that group and we happen to be at uh, a, a subset As open that subset is not there because of a division within the church i would be more open to that i still believe what scripture says is that we should be gathered together as the body of believers but i would not say that there would be anything wrong as long as the division that you're with or the group that you're with doing that is not doing it so that they can be apart from the the rest of the body so if you're on a marriage retreat or if there is a men's retreat uh, I don't necessarily uh, have the opinion that that's wrong. I, I think that the statement was, would be more, is that what's best? Uh, is that what was intended? Is that what we have modeled for us in Scripture? Those would be more of the questions that I would have in my mind. Um, I, I, I do agree with, uh, with, with Jake when he was talking about Uh, those who are uh, potentially shut-ins or unable to attend. Um, You know, I have been part of uh, taking Lord's Supper to people who were unable to attend. That's not in Scripture that you should do that. It's not in Scripture that you should not do that. Uh, I I think that the, um, the, the idea behind that would be this person is unable to physically be present with the entire corporate body. And we would be, as more than one person, right, we would be taking uh, deacons or deacons and elders going out to, to visit and then potentially doing that around the same time that the rest of the church would be doing it. Uh, I don't believe in the mass through the air, uh, right? I, I don't believe that we, we would have people at home that would be participating in the Lord's Supper at home while we're, we were, you know, on, on live stream. I don't think that's, uh, that's not really the the sense that we're we're given here. And those of you, you know with mass in the areas, uh, that's the, the the Catholic Church doing that as a live broadcast, and people are partaking of the transubstantiation at home with with whatever they're they're taking. Um, so I would be more inclined to say Scripture says gathered together. As often as we do it, we're doing it together, remembering Christ's death until He comes. Um, smaller groups. I think there may be some discussion there together, but what's the motive behind it? What's the reason why we would not gather together and do it together? Those are the, the questions that I would have if we said we were going to do it with a smaller group.
2: The, the, the New Testament shows that the church gathered does church things when they're gathered. That, that's pretty clear throughout lots of letters. And so, whatever we're we're discussing, I do think it needs to be that the church is doing that. If like tonight, this is this is the church gathered, but realistically, there's what a tenth of us here tonight, right? And so, if we do something here tonight, whether it's we shared a prayer request, you know, uh, you know, something like, hey, the Hoovers had their baby, and half of you all didn't know about it. You guys are in the know on that, and we show up here next Sunday, and everybody's like, oh, I didn't know that. And you say, well, at church, they told us. Well, they missed that gathering, right? So this is a church gathering tonight, even though it's a very, very, very small crowd compared to what was here this morning. Everything that the church does, specifically um, Lord's Supper and baptism in the New Testament, is done when the church is gathered. So if if we start doing church things, when the church isn't gathered, I think that's bad. I think that's dangerous. I do think, though, that there is a way, similarly tonight, that's why I gave this example, where we could say, hey, church, we know a lot of y'all got stuff going on tomorrow. It's Monday. But the church is going to gather tomorrow for this. And maybe only 10 people can show up. But it was still a church-gathered thing. It was a church doing that. And I think that's a difference. That's a difference there. Uh, we have had people here ask if they could get baptized, not there, but in a creek somewhere. And we would not do it of just me showing up somewhere at the creek with them and their, their family and do a baptism. Because that's not a church gathering. Individuals don't gather you, don't baptize you. Church baptize you. All right? So we said, yeah, we can, but here's what we're going to do. And we showed up here to church, and we announced it for a couple of weeks, and we said, hey, on this date, at this time, at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, we're meeting at this creek. If you can make it, be there. The church is doing this. And, you know, I can't remember how many people, but 30 40 people showed up, and we had a baptism in the creek, right? But it's the difference of a church gathering. So if whatever the thing is, youth, Bible study, Sunday school, whatever, if it's, if it's the whole church being informed, being included, not necessarily in attendance, and, uh, but, but in involvement, that, that changes it, all right? Another thing that I think becomes really important in this discussion, and, and, and this is, I think, even more to the heart of the matter, is who's desiring it and why are they desiring it? At, at youth camp, they'll take the Lord's Supper sometimes, and it sounds like the most spiritual awakening they've ever been to. And they come home on Friday and the youth pastor says, all right, we'd love for y'all to be at church this Sunday. We're taking the Lord's Supper. And then they don't show up. And so it was not, hey, I want to focus on the Lord through what the Bible tells me to do with my church gathered. It was really, we're having a cool event experience over here and I would love to just kind of put it, elevate it even more. There's obviously a difference there. Why are they desiring that? Um, And the same thing would go with um, serving it to a homebound widow Uh, And I have done that too. I heard you say that you've done that. And I have done that here um, with with homebound people. Um, But there's a danger, especially in our culture with Denver denominations and the way they view it, there's a danger of them thinking that there is some sort of like special impact or special grace that happens in them taking that. Like they don't feel close to God, so can somebody come and bring them this? And then they'll feel close to God if we serve that to them. There's a danger there with that. And so... We we don't want to just go and do that for them if they're not believing rightly or thinking rightly or walking by faith. And so, that's a that's a, a different discussion. But that discussion needs to be in mind too. But uh, I think the big thing to hear is that it's from churches do what churches do as the gathered church. We can never get away from that.
0: Just a just a couple things I would add to kind of to both of those questions is. Um, Absolutely yes. Churches do what churches do, and the Lord's Supper is a uh, is is meant to be part of a corporate worship service, um, the the body gathered, as as has been mentioned, um, and and so I, I think uh, like like we said before, the Bible doesn't give hard and fast rules on some of these things. Um, I don't think it's sinful to take the Lord's Supper to a shut-in or to a uh, nursing home or to a hospital, um, uh, but the question is, what's, what's best, right? Um, and unfortunately, there's, there's some situations in life where, for example, there there's some situations where there are people in life who, uh, who believe the gospel and are saved, but are not able to be baptized. And there's nothing that, that we can do about that. nothing there's no there's no kind of physical fix for that just for whatever reason because of their sickness or 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 whatever they're not able to be baptized and that's unfortunate we wish that they were able to be baptized but because of their situation they're not um and i kind of think about uh, a widow or a or a shut-in or someone in a nursing home kind of in in a similar situation kind of in the same situation that we can we can take a group of people two or three or four people to the, to them to celebrate the Lord's Supper with them, um, but that's not the same thing as being part of the corporate worship service. You know, we can take a handful of people to go to the to their home and sing hymns with them or sing songs with them, and that's great and that's good. But that's not the same thing as being part of the corporate worship service um, singing together, right? Um, and, and it's unfortunate, but but that may just be a situation where there's no fix for that. And if we remember what the Lord's Supper is, part of the Lord's Supper is that horizontal uh, aspect where where we're we're preaching to each other in the Lord's Supper. Uh, But there's also the vertical aspect. And remember, Paul says, uh, he says, as often as you meet together, do this in remembrance of me. uh, He quotes Jesus saying that, do this in remembrance of me. So we're looking backwards at what he's done on the cross. But he also says, until I come. And so we're looking forward to, when Jesus is gonna come and, and we're gonna have the marriage supper with him here on the new earth, right? Um, at the second coming and, and and when we have the Lord's Supper, that's meant to to help us to kind of long for that to happen. Uh, long for that day, even even as it's appropriate that, that we had the sermon we had this morning uh, as, as we're going into this, this whole discussion. And so in situations where you're not able to partake in the Lord's Supper in a, in a corporate setting, um, the hope is uh, I think the the best situation from that or the best outcome from that is that it would just cause that longing for Jesus to come back to be even even stronger the day when the lord's Supper is is not not done anymore because the Lord is here with us on the new earth and we're and we're we're with him kind of face to face, right um, and And for the same reason, the first question about should should smaller groups? But one caveat to all that, um, in Acts chapter two, Verse 42, uh, the, the early church is described there, and that's where it says that they devoted themselves to, uh, to the apostles' teaching and to prayer and to the breaking of bread uh, and to something else. I forget, there's four things there, right? And then in verse 46, just a few verses later, it says that they were daily breaking bread together and taking their meals in each other's homes. Last week, I argued that, that, that that's the Lord's Supper. When it says breaking bread, that's kind of, a, kind of a, uh, a, a phrase that refers to the Lord's Supper. And so if that's what that is in Acts 2.46, after all that I've said about, uh, about it being a corporate thing and about it being best to do it corporately um, and, and not in smaller groups, sm- smaller kind of subdivisions of the church, it, if that's the Lord's Supper there, it seems like maybe, we don't know for sure, but it seems like maybe in the early, early church in Jerusalem, they were meeting in, in each other's homes. Right for the for the Lord's supper and smaller groups for the Lord's supper, and so so that's why I'm saying it's not a sin to do that, and we should be we should be wise in how we put all this together and, and try to make the best decisions that we can, um, and and then finally one one more thing about about something Josh said in your sermon this morning, um, especially with the with the issue of like shut-ins and widows and nursing homes and that kind of thing, part of what can lead us to make the decision that we come down on is kind of sentimental things, right? These are people that we love. These are people that we know. These are people that we have a relationship with and people that we have a history with and people that we want to. uh, We want them to be involved in as much as possible. Um, And and so one danger is that 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 can kind of creep into our decision-making and we can make decisions based on what we want and what we would like to, to happen versus what we think the Bible says uh, is 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 best, you know. And this morning you were saying uh, we should never come to the Bible and read what it says, and then say, "Well, I'm just going to do whatever I want, and we'll figure it out at the end. Right? We'll work it out when when the Lord comes back. We'll see who's right and who's wrong." And so when we're trying to make these decisions, I I, I think we should, um, as much as possible, take take other considerations in you know into consideration, situations, physical situations, and things like that. But our our the heart of our decisions should be based on The principles that the Bible says around around these issues. Um, Kind of the opposite of that question. Now, the third third part of this question is kind of kind of the opposite. So we had someone uh, asked today, and it's kind of kind of a long uh, setup, but I wrote wrote it all down. Uh, So this is someone who who volunteers in the nursery a lot, or at least some, okay, and said "I, I feel really awkward or uncomfortable taking the Lord's supper. So so these other these two questions before were about who should take the Lord's Supper, this question's about who should not take the Lord's Supper. Okay, So I feel really awkward or uncomfortable taking the Lord's Supper when I'm working in the nursery. I'm usually so busy taking care of kids, there have even been times when I was literally in the middle of changing a dirty diaper when the tray uh, has been brought to the door. I feel like it's hard for my mind and heart to be in the right place, and it can be hard to really reflect on what I'm doing. I don't want to just go through the motions, is it okay for me to skip the Lord's Supper on those weeks when I'm in the nursery?
1: So I would say absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've, we've got scripture that tells us to, to do some uh, self-examination before we receive the Lord's Supper. And if, because of where you're serving, you are not um, in a mind state or, or prepared to receive the Lord's Supper, I would say that, um, you know, that's, up to the individual, they can they can choose not to receive it in, in that. And again, we 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 say this every time that we have Lord's Supper. We're not observing who is and who isn't taking it, right? What's not that's not the purpose for us to have it passed out and for us to glare at you as you receive uh, the Lord's Supper to, to 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 take it or not take it. So that is up to the individual. What I would hope we would do from a um, a serving perspective is to make sure that we have the opportunity for that person to um, either swap out and take some time uh, where if they want to receive it, they cannot feel rushed in having to do so. Um, certainly would wanna make sure they have the opportunity not to be scheduled each time that we do have it so that it ends up being like your example that you gave about missing once or twice when we did a quarterly and then next thing you know, it's six months, so uh, that has gone by. Um, but I certainly do understand um, you know, where they're coming from with, with that in changing diapers and things like that, that's not exactly your focus at the moment. And so I, I, would, I think what we may need to discuss is just when we know that we're going to do it, can we have someone else who would be able to step in and allow those people who are serving to, uh, to do the self-examination, not be rushed in that and receive it. Um, I'm gonna take this and run just for a second, if that's all right. Um, whenever we have uh, Lord's Supper, one of the things that we do is we do try to make sure that anyone uh, who is in the church who is um, a, a person who could participate in the Lord's Supper has an opportunity to take it. Uh, it is not our desire that anyone should be excluded because we do have this view that you nurture the church uh, receiving it. Uh, so when we have the Lord's Supper, we do take trace to nursery. We take trace to e-kids. We take trace to youth uh, that are elsewhere in the building as we're doing that. And um, I I know personally, uh, I have led discussions uh, every single time that we have the Lord's Supper with uh, our E-Kids group, I am there with them to discuss why is it we take the Lord's Supper. We have several in our E-Kids group that are uh, followers of Jesus Christ and have been baptized. We talk about what uh, took place at uh, the institution of that, what Christ was saying, the juice represents, what does the bread represent. We talk about the need for us to do the self-examination. Uh, normally, we will have um, uh, a brief kind of time to, to discuss that. I will pray with the kids, and then those that are receiving it, I will lead them through uh, through uh, taking the, the juice and the bread. Um, the same thing is happening with our youth. So, just because they're not physically sitting in here doesn't mean that there's not someone who is having that discussion the same way that we have in here with the adults. We're having that same discussion with those groups. Now, if you're a person who wants to go back and kind of discuss some things that we've discussed already, well, why shouldn't we potentially bring them all in here and have it all together? we could discuss that, um, but I, I believe since we are gathered together and those that are ministering to those kids on a regular basis uh, are leading them in that, I, I don't necessarily think that it's wrong for us to uh, to have that being taken at the same time that the rest of the church is, just in a different room. Um, we can discuss whether or not we want to physically bring them all in here uh, for that. I think that might be that was, that was a question that I had received was whether or not we ought to bring them in here together so that we could all be corporately gathered, uh, anyone who's on campus, right? Um, and, that's, and I think that's maybe a fair point, but we are having the discussion with them about what the Lord's Supper means and, and why we're doing it. Um, and for, for anyone who's serving in any capacity, whether it be in nursery or youth or, or kids, when we, uh, when we are doing the Lord's Supper, uh, we certainly want them to have the, uh, the time to do self-examination, uh, time to be prepared to receive, time to think about uh, what it is they're doing, not just to you know, take the cracker and take the juice and, and go right back to doing whatever service that they were doing, but for, for them to really take time to reflect. This is super important in the life of a believer, right? Right we we want people to to understand that we are remembering Christ's death and resurrection until he comes this is this is our rem- remembrance of him and as much as we you know we have talked about the the aspect of of taking it together and then remembering what Christ has done for us we want them to have that opportunity so uh, if we can serve you and lead you better in that if I don't, I don't know exactly who this was that asked this question but if you want to talk to us but uh later about a way that we can make uh receiving the lord's supper um uh better uh if we can serve you better in that and, and make it so that you don't feel like uh, you, you you can take it at that time um you know we want to do that uh we, we certainly understand if you say that you you know you're, you're not mentally prepared you're 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 not wanting to take it at that time, but we, we don't want it to be because you're so busy doing other things that you can't take the time to, to receive it.
0: You other thoughts about that? I mean, I, I would say that it's, it's never wrong to decide not to take the Lord's Supper, right? If your conscience If your conscience says that you're not in the right place or whatever, then never go against your conscience on that, right? But And then that's also, uh, you know, we've kind of mentioned it a few times how important it is that the Lord's Supper is part of a worship service. It, it is a little weird. I, I've been in that situation before in nursery, and just out of nowhere, here comes the bread and the, and the juice or, or wine or whatever, not as, not as part of a worship service. Um, um, for, forever. I mean, for the last
2: 2,000 years, there has been so much uh, disagreement on this. You all have friends that are very involved in church and, and are probably saved. They go to different denomination churches than us. And their view on this is, is quite a bit different. Ours is, it is a memorial. It is remembering Christ. It is focusing on that. that that's what it is. I don't want to say that's all it is. I don't want to say it's only that. I don't want to use any term that makes it seem minimal, okay? But it is, it is remembering but there are lots of people and lots of other denominations that are way in a different direction than us, and we disagree with that. And that's a lot of what means when you use the word term sacrament, which we don't use, that there is a special dose of grace that you get from taking that, which we do not believe that. We think that it's just a remembering. And so, in that chain, train of thought, You could be doing anything else in the world. You could be mowing the grass and just somebody toss you a piece of bread and take it, and because of the way they view it, they think you just got closer to God through that. But because we think it is remembering, we don't think you're remembering (laughs) if you're not focused on Jesus and what he's done for you and you're changing diapers and you're kind of stressed out. So it's fine to us to say, If you're not able in this moment to pause and pray and say, God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, I know that I'm a sinner, I need your forgiveness, God, continue working in me, thank you for what you've done for me, then you're not really remembering. Don't get me wrong, you can change a diaper and remember at the same time, I'm I'm not saying that, but we are saying that there is room there to say, I'm not really remembering right now. So it's, it's just remembering, I'm not really focusing on remembering right now. Where we can see why other people, and I think this happens all the time in the hospital. We get calls and somebody's in the hospital. uh, People that are part of our church, and a lot of times people that aren't a part of their church. Hey, can you come up here and pray with me? Can you come up here and do something? Can you come up here and pour water on me? Can you put oil on me? Can you baptize me? Can you bring the Lord's Supper? Can you do something right now to make me closer to God? And the answer is no. I'll come up here and tell you about God. (laughs) And I'll come up here and pray with you. And I'll come up here and love on you and encourage you. And God will work in your heart through that. And you'll be uplifted through that. But there's no like special food or drink that we give you that makes you closer to God. But there are a lot of people out there that believe there is. They think the Lord's Supper is that. We don't.
0: We think it's simply remembering. When you, when you If you're in the nursery and you decide not to take the Lord's Supper... You're missing the Lord's Supper, but that's the same thing as you're missing the sermon for that week or you're missing yeah. the singing for that week, yeah. right? There's not something special about the Lord's Supper like you're saying. Right, yeah. Time. Terry?
1: Yeah, that's, that's. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so, kind of what I was getting at. That's what I was getting yeah. at, providing an opportunity for someone to focus, yeah. right? Because uh, I. I Yes, yeah. There and again there's not there's not anything in God's word that says that if they don't take it at the exact moment that Josh says, Take this and eat this in remembrance of me, if they don't do it right then then like we said, you're you're not receiving some sort of special grace because you've received it but you're also not pausing to remember what Christ has done for you, which is the whole purpose for us doing it in the first place. So if we need to provide some space for people to be able to do that and not have to worry about monitoring whether kids are pulling books down and doing all the other stuff, then I'm just saying maybe uh, what we need to do is provide some space for them to step out and to think and to pray and then receive the Lord's Supper. Yeah. That's, that's really for, what I was getting
0: at. For yeah. the recording, that, that question was, can the person in the nursery take a few minutes uh, you know, get finished changing the diaper or whatever they're doing, and then take, you know, five minutes or so by themselves and, and take the Lord's Supper rightly, and absolutely. Yeah, and our desire ultimately is that as pastors, we want to lead people to
1: have right relationships with God. First of all, we want them to come to know him. We want them to follow him in believer's baptism, and then we want them to continue to follow him each and every day of their life. And if we can do that by giving them a few extra minutes to step out and, and, and pray and do some self-evaluation to receive the Lord's Supper, there's nothing, in my opinion, that is wrong with that. Again, we, we don't have in Scripture the early church saying that the nursery workers received the Lord's Supper this way, <laughs> right? This is sort of the problem we have because we have uh, a larger church and a ministry. If we were in someone's home, uh, again, uh, in the context of being like on a mission field, right, we might be gathered as the church with four people. That might be all the believers that there are. We might be gathered with three people, Right. Um, and if that's the case, then we're still going to observe the Lord's Supper the same way that Scripture tells us to observe it, with self-examination, understanding that the bread represents his body and the juice or whatever we have, in Josh's case, maybe sweet tea, uh, represents the, the blood of Christ. And we're going to receive that with the understanding that we're doing this in remembrance of of Christ until he comes. We have a lot of these discussions we're having because we are in the United States and we have a large building and we have ministries that are going on throughout the building. This is not the same context that we have with scripture. So we're trying to make sure first and foremost that we're being true to what God's word says and we're not adding to or taking away, which is what you know, the warnings that we, we had at the end of Revelation, and we're just trying not to go beyond what God's Word says, and we're not trying not to stop sh- short and prevent people from doing what God's Word says. We're, we're trying to stay with the, the intent, and um, again, we're not observing a big full meal. The early church observed a big full meal, right? They used unleavened bread, and they actually tore pieces off, right? Um, those are things that we're, we're not doing it exactly like that, right, so if you, you wanna get into the discussion of exactly how we observe it and whether or not it should be unleavened bread and we should all take a piece of it and pass that, I mean, that's, that's really getting into, I think, splitting hairs. It's why are we doing it? What is the heart of what we're doing? And are we doing it in a manner that is God-honoring and consistent with what we've been told in Scripture? And again, back to the thing of people serving, if it just takes a couple minutes for them to do some self examination and prayer in order for them to receive it, I'm all for that. Yes, sir.
0: You're talking about with, especially with the kids group. You're talking about when he. So, so the question is, uh, what's the difference between Jesus's body and blood as we're observing the Lord's Supper? Um, and does, uh, is, there, uh, is there like physical healing involved in the Lord's Supper, right? As, as Jesus's body was broken, does that provide healing, physical healing for our bodies?
2: I, we talk a lot here about uh, who he is and what he's done. We emphasize that all the time. That phrase is used, both Lord and Savior. Lord is who he is. Savior is what he's done. Uh, that's the way I have uh, been taught to frame out uh, body and blood. Body speaks to who he is. Blood speaks to what he's done, okay? He's, he's God. He came to earth so that he could live a sin, sinless life. That's who he is, his body. Uh, he's the God-man. He never sinned. And his blood is that he died. He was nailed to a cross. He shed his blood for us. Matt had a follow-up question. Yeah, it's, I guess it's more of a historical question, as far as, I know the Catholics actually do live, or we do Jews. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is that, that's So there was a question turned in this week that goes along the same lines. It, it says, um, does it matter what elements we use, right? Is it okay, or what's the difference between wine or grape juice, unleavened bread, leavened bread, one loaf that people are pulling pieces off, off of versus multiple crackers or loaves, uh, and then even, I think some of this came up maybe during COVID, even is it okay to use instead of bread and juice, biscuits and, and jelly, or cookies and milk, or... Um, or soda and chips, or th- things like that?
2: The answer, is, the answer to that is, is no, especially when you get into wine or not. I mean, y- you know the reason why we don't use wine here. Baptists have historically been against alcohol. Uh, so uh, that's the quick answer to that. No, it doesn't matter. But uh, I think this goes back to, to who's serving it. Right? You, you, it's not up for you to decide what elements you're going to use. That's, the, the church does this. right? You show up here to take the Lord's Supper, and you, you should be taking it whatever the church is serving it as.? Right? And, and these are leaders that, have, that are taking this very seriously, right? Um, if we I, I, I liked Matt saying, that the elements don't really matter, and your question is asking the elements really matter, and I answered to you, no, it doesn't matter if it's grape juice. We had a meeting here the other Friday night, and uh, somebody in the meeting, I said, we got some drinks down in the kitchen, go get one, and somebody in the meeting comes back and says, man, I ain't had Welch's grape juice in a long time, this is good, and I said, that's our Lord's Supper drink, man. (laughs) He had gone into the refrigerator and, and grabbed that, and I'm like, hey, and he's like, oh no, am I doing something wrong? Well, because we believe what it is, no, you're not doing anything wrong, right? That's, that's perfectly fine. But if we're, if we're to take this serious, okay, if y'all showed up here tonight, all right, and it was little cups of Mountain Dew everywhere with graham crackers, right, and we were loving it, and we're saying, hey, this is going to be the Lord's Supper tonight, there's a sense, okay, that we would not go full out and say this is sin, but there's a sense in which all of us would go, I'm not really sure what I think about that, you know? And the reason being is, okay, we've read the Bible, we hear it described as bread and wine, and we have tried to stay close to that. You see what I mean? It's cutting down on distractions, and the the way that that cutting down on distractions is framed is back to where we started, that this is really serious. Do not take this in an unworthy manner. That's what the Bible says. That's That's a negative. Don't do it that way. The positive way, of, that's a negative way to say it, don't do it that way, which the Bible says. But the positive way of saying that same thing, don't do it that way, is focus on Christ as you do it. Believe, trust, remember him, remember his body. Remember what he, li- what he lived like, how he taught. You know? Remember who he was. Remember that they hated him, opposed him, nailed him to a cross. Remember that his life was taken, right? And that- so the positive way is to focus on that. And any way that you do it that pulls back from being able to focus, remember the negative way of that is getting into an unworthy manner. So we just have to be careful with that. I think
0: one, one thing... there's nothing special about the bread and wine or bread and juice, right? Like like you're saying, but there is some, there there may be something appropriate about, about those two elements. I I mean, of course there is something appropriate about it because that's what, that's what the Lord uh, instituted. But if you think about bread in the Bible, God provided manna, which is a, was a type of bread that came down from heaven. Um, Jesus says that he is the bread of life. Um, And, and, and so often, in, especially in that culture, bread was kind of the, the sustenance of, of life. It was kind of the staple, um, kind of like rice is in uh, some some Asian countries now, right? Um, and so there's something kind of appropriate about that. I'm not sure if, if we can say the same thing about wine or juice, but but there are lots of references to wine and, and, and juice and, and, and the joy of the Lord and those kind of things throughout the Psalms and the Old Testament leading into the New Testament is as well, so there may be something, some kind of connection, something important there, something that the bread says about, about Jesus' body. And yeah. uh, We're almost out of time, we've got two questions left here that I wanna ask real, real quickly, um, but any, any other questions from, out, from, from you all before we wrap up? All right, we'll end with these, with these two, uh, and, and we don't need to go into to long details about this, but just kinda try to answer them quickly. Uh, Jake, do you have the ESV Bible? ESV Bible. Would you read uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight through 30, please? 27? 28 through 30. 28 through
3: 30. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some of you have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world.
0: So, yeah, that's good. So, so we talked over, over the last few weeks about examining ourselves and those warnings before we partake in the Lord's Supper. Uh, so the, this question is about that passage, where people literally, really, for real, getting physically sick and dying? Because... They took the Lord's Supper in an inappropriate way. I believe that is what Paul
1: is saying. And if Paul is saying it, uh, and uh, it must have been known, uh, or there have been reports of that for him to have been saying it, and I believe that it's absolutely possible for them to have been made ill if they were doing it in in an irreverent manner. we certainly see much more miraculous uh, things done in scripture beyond people just getting sick for dishonoring God and the Lord's Supper. Uh, we see fire coming from heaven and consuming uh, idols, or, You know, people who were worshiping idols. We see cities destroyed, we see dead raised who had been in the grave three or four days. Uh, there's lots of things that occur that are beyond uh, our explanation, but they're not beyond God's. So I I, do,
0: I would say yes, it is entirely possible. And, and often, often guilt and um, th- can have like physical manifestations in,
2: in life. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think that uh, you will not find many people that would be bold enough or confident enough to say that. Uh, but I think it's absolutely a possibility. If you are claiming to be Christ, cra- claiming to be a follower of Christ, a part of a church and all that, and you were just totally dishonoring him in some way in your life, hidden sin, I totally think God could make you ill, make you weak, make you sick, even here cause you to die because of your rebellion against him. Now, we would not be able to 100% identify, that's why that happened, and people get on their high horse at times and try to do that, so you may not know somebody bold enough or confident enough to do that, but I do absolutely think that's a consideration.
0: All right, and so then we've talked about, over the last few weeks, about what the Lord's Supper is and why we have the Lord's Supper, what it represents. Um, Last week, we talked about who should partake in the Lord's Supper, and we said, or I said, uh, someone who's a believer, who's been baptized, who is a member in good standing of a local church. Um, And then we talked about the, not a specific age, but old enough to know what's going on, to know why they're taking the Lord's Supper, that kind of thing. Uh, So then this final question, other, as already already been mentioned, other denominations, other Christian groups have other views of the Lord's Supper and what it's for, and, and who can participate. So, should we take part in the Lord's Supper or the Communion or Mass or whatever it's called at other types of churches that have a different understanding of what the Lord's Supper is, why we have the Lord's Supper, what it does, and who can participate?
1: Um, I can speak directly to that from personal experience, and uh, I would receive the Lord's Supper if. The denomination and church were like faith, like-minded on, on what uh, the Lord's Supper is and what we're receiving, but uh, I would abstain from receiving it uh, if they had a, a significantly different view of what it was, transubstantiation, something like that. I would not receive mass if I was at a Catholic church because their uh, view of it and their proclamation by administering it is different than my understanding of what God's Word says. Um, and uh, both my wife and I have had uh, experience where we uh, refused to to receive during uh, some services that we were attending with some extended family I don't feel bad for that at all and I know that uh, she and I had lots of conversation about that ahead of time and uh, it's it's um, you know i I think it's a personal decision but I would say if you were um, a you know person who's believing the way that we do about uh, about what the, the Lord's Supper is, about what communion is, and you're going somewhere where they have a completely different view, um, I believe it would be wise to just abstain because it's it's not being administered and it doesn't mean the same thing to them. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, condone or participate in any sort of uh, religious ritual that goes against what I
0: believe God's word says. All right, last chance, any final questions? Yes, ma'am. the
2: yeah. Okay, that,
0: good, good question. Do, what, does the Lord's Supper or is there an element of the Lord's Supper that represents unity among the body, among the church? And does abstaining from, does abstaining from the Lord's Supper mean that, that there's disunity? Uh, or if there is some type of sin or problem between people, should you abstain until that's taken care of? Is that right?
2: That's, that's a great question. Yes. And that, that, that speaks to the very heart of what we've been trying to emphasize this whole time is that it, it is to be taken seriously. We are to be focused. Uh, I think that every time we do the Lord's Supper here, we say three things. If you're not a believer, we ask you nicely to not take it. And I'll even say, we don't understand why you would, but just in case you're kind of sitting beside a bunch of people that are taking it and you think, I don't want to be, to stand out, we'd say, hey, if you're not believing that Christ died for you and he's your Lord and Savior, then, then don't take it. The Bible says don't take it wrongly the second thing that we would say is if you're not baptized, don't take it. We think baptism is the first step of saying that you're, that you're a believer. And the third thing that we say, and this is the answer to your question, is you may be baptized, you may be a believer, you may be a part of church, but if, you're not, if your heart's not in the right place, if you're not repentant of your sins, if you're not trusting fully in the Lord, then don't take it. And the, the very thing that you just described would be an example of that. Don't take it wrongly, because it is, the way we view it, it is a remembering that Savior Jesus died on the cross for my sins, therefore my sins bother me, therefore I repent of them. And if you're not repenting of them, you're not believing what that is, so
0: don't take it wrongly. And, and this is something we haven't really talked about at all, but, um, but Jesus died for our sins individually to forgive us, But Jesus also died to build his church, to establish his church, to build his church. And part of that is the unity of the body that that we have. And and we talked about that horizontal aspect to the Lord's Supper, but that all goes back to the cross as well, that that that's something that that Jesus is working among us, Um, the Holy Spirit is working among us because of what Christ did on the cross for us.
2: We, We have spent every Sunday night in February discussing this. Josh Womble's done a great job of leading us through it. I think perhaps the very best thing that has been said about it is the Lord's Supper has a vertical aspect to it. This is about you and God, and it also has a horizontal aspect to it. This is about you and your church family, okay? That was really good when Josh Womble said that, and you've got to think about it like that. This is not just you showing up between God and you're trying to get something
0: right that way. This is about the other believers that you're taking it with, too. All right. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. We're a little bit over. Let's, uh, let's pray and, and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you so much for a good discussion. God, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for how your Holy Spirit works in your church, that, that you've spoken to us in your word. Um, and, and then you've also given us brothers and sisters in the faith to help us to understand that word together. And God, we pray that this discussion we've had tonight, these questions that we've uh, thought through tonight and the conversations that, that we've had about them, uh god we pray that you would use that to help each one of us understand the bible better um god we pray that that tonight every single one of us here has heard something that helps us to understand what your word says about baptism and god i pray you'd help us to be a faithful church in that help us to be faithful individuals in that and might the way that we observe the lord's supper even the way that we think about the lord's supper be honoring to our savior jesus and god as as Paul tells us, as, and he quotes Jesus saying that we do this in remembrance of him until he comes, uh, Lord, we pray that, that, that he would come quickly. We pray that you would send Jesus. God, we long for the day when we are no longer eating stale crackers and, uh, and old grape juice, uh, observing the Lord's Supper. God, we look forward to the day when we're having the marriage supper of the Lamb with the Lord Jesus face to face. And God, we pray that that would, that that would happen soon. And God, we pray that you would keep us uh, so that we're prepared and ready for when that day comes. God, we thank you so much for Jesus and pray this in his name. Amen. Thank y'all.